what makes you confident that he will adhere to everything and really be able to transition quickly to that? He wants to play. He wants to play. If you want to play, you got to do it. And, uh, you know, like in our conversation today, um, it's go to football practice, go to work and come home and go back to work. And, uh, and he's all in. So it, uh, I don't think we'll have any problems in, with those things. You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to another Thursday edition as they're always Thursday editions of Huddle Up, a football podcast. My name's Tony. You can find me on Twitter at Commissioner Mister. Corey is with me. Find him on Twitter at Wonky Wonka FF. Hello, Corey. Daniel. What's going on? Daniel is also here. You cannot find him on Twitter. Don't look. He doesn't exist. No, you cannot. Not on Twitter. Hello, not on Facebook. Not on Instagram. Not on TikTok. Not on Twitch. Nope. You probably can't find him on, what's that dating app where you swipe left or right? What is that app called? Uh, Tinder. You cannot find him on Twitter. I'm sure, on Tinder. I'm sorry. You definitely can't find him on Twitter. I know that for sure, but probably not on Tinder also. Anyway, not the point. Hi, Daniel. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up. It's a football podcast. It's not a Tinder podcast. Don't get excited. Wild week. Antonio Brown is back in football again. And Bruce Arians actually seems kind of pumped about it. Do you guys, I guess, what's your first reaction, guys? Yeah, I'm a little reluctant. I mean, he's obviously a different player on the field than he is off the field. And, you know, part of me is excited to see dominance on the field because I appreciate that. But it's just a matter of time, I feel like, when he's going to do something else to kind of make a team that he's currently on that again. I, I, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about it. It's, it's weird because like the first five years he was in and he could have been in Pittsburgh longer, but he had no off the field issues. And then just that, that with the last two off seasons we had, it's been wild. So I don't know what the deal is. It's been really wild. He froze his foot. That was crazy. He had the helmet fiasco. That was insane. Finally got most of that behind him. He ended up in New England for one game, and it was a good game. I mean, for a guy who has been on three teams in a year, he picked it up and he 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 rolled with it. Um, and then, you know, the past kind of caught up with him, some things from his past. I don't know. I think in Pittsburgh, Antonio Brown was a reason for me to give Mike Tomlin more credit than I normally would want to. You know, as an Indianapolis native and a Colts fan, the Steelers are not a team that I that I like. I mean, as you know, just a, this, that's the natural truth of it. That doesn't mean I can't respect them. Mike Tomlin is a guy that I didn't like, but that's because I had him. I've got images of my head of him stepping out into the field to trip a player. But maybe I get stuck on that one moment in time where that's not the point. That's not the point. Mike Tomlin's a good head coach, maybe arguably one of the best head coaches, if not the best head coach in the National Football League right now. And I say that knowing that Bill Belichick is still coaching. Mike Tomlin may be one of the best head coaches in football. And I think that has a lot to do with why Antonio Brown's behavioral issues didn't pop up until after he left. I mean, 
he had some, there was some drama, but there were never any major issues out of Antonio Brown until he got out from underneath of Mike Tomlin. And I think that's just the hard facts of it. I wonder if Bruce Arians and Tom Brady together can give Antonio Brown what he needs to stay focused. I guess that's my question. Do you guys think, because obviously Tom Brady wanted Antonio Brown there. I said that months and months and months ago. I said, wherever Antonio, wherever Tom Brady lands, Antonio Brown will go also. And it proved to be true. Do you guys think that the combination of Tom Brady and Bruce Arians can keep Antonio Brown grounded long enough to get through the season without a major issue? I think so. I mean, it seems like every other week we have an injury to the Tampa Bay wide receiver core. I mean, this week it's Chris Godwin breaking his finger. Um, we had Mike Evans with a hamstring injury to start the year. I mean, I think Tom Brady with this connection that he had with Antonio Brown, I mean, he was the influence that brought him to New England. And I think that he was definitely the, the factor that got him to Tampa Bay, regardless of what Bruce Arians said. I mean, Bruce Arians was quoted, you know, a month ago or so saying that he's not a fit. Antonio Brown is not a fit on this team. And I think Tom Brady has had the influence to get him there. So I, I think that it's definitely definitely good for Tampa Bay. I mean, they've been a solid team. I mean, Tom Brady's been playing on the top of his game. That defense has been super strong. It's just he's been relying on – Scotty Miller and, you know, an older Gronk to kind of get it done in the offense. And I think Antonio Brown coming to this offense is kind of a breath of fresh air uh, to him because he's younger than Des Bryant, who just signed with the Ravens. And, you know, Antonio Brown is not that old still. It's not too long ago where he was freaking dominant. Um, he just got a little something going on in his head. Um, Corey, do you you kind of feel the same way? Yeah, yeah. With Tom Brady there, yeah. He like I was saying, he's just the kind of guy who puts in the work. He brings up the locker room around him just by his effort alone. And I think it could be possible that Antonio Brown just look, kind of looks up to him and respects him. <clears throat> and he could think that maybe it's just the best spot for him. It's maybe a spot where he thinks he can stay out of trouble. So I think it'll definitely work. It, I know we're still waiting to hear on a case still. I don't know the details of it. But there, I guess I suppose there's a chance he could be lost again for some games down the road. But I guess we'll we'll just have to see. Yeah, I mean the fact the fact that Tom Brady brought him into New England and then now has brought him into Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown's gonna be on his game. He's not gonna want to disappoint Tom Brady because he's got the backing of you know the greatest quarterback of all time. So I, I definitely think that they're gonna be able to keep it in bay. Sure. And he could be lost. I mean, that's a very real possibility. There's pending, you know, sexual assault, I think is what it is. I mean, there's some real serious pending charges against him. One of the things that worries me about Antonio Brown, I agree with you, Corey. I think that he, his work ethic and Tom Brady's work ethic, I mean, it is a Mamba mentality to give a reference to Kobe Bryant. I mean, I know that's like a cross sport thing, and but that's what it is. I mean, Tom Brady's work ethic is that pinnacle of, I don't want to say desire, but um, focus, focus. That's the word. I mean, everything that Tom Brady does is about himself and not, and not in a selfish way, but in a self-preservation way. 
and, and is it about success? The guy doesn't eat tomatoes. I, he doesn't eat ketchup because they cause inflammation. It's a fact, everybody. You're right, Corey. I think that Antonio Brown will look up to Tom Brady's work ethic, not because he doesn't eat ketchup, but because of everything else that he does. And Antonio Brown has a reputation of having the same work, work ethic. I mean, that, that, that's the reality. He is a head case, but the man works his ass off, and he's one of the best wide receivers that's probably ever played football. I do think it's going to work. I'm excited about that. And as a matter of fact, Daniel, we talked about this not yesterday, maybe yesterday, but you and I made a bet. I had bet that New England would win more games than Tampa Bay. And I think I bet you five shots that that would happen, which means <laughs> I owe you five shots probably with New England's at like, what, two and four or two and five. I don't know how many games they've played anymore because of everything. But um, I know that Tampa Bay has a significant lead and the addition of Antonio Brown. I've got a feeling that I'm going to owe you five shots. The outlook for Tampa Bay is good, too. I mean, the, the situation as far as scheduling is concerned is fantastic. I think they're going to win seven of their next nine games. They might lose to the Saints. That's two weeks from now. They could possibly lose to the Rams. That's potential. They're probably going to lose to the Chiefs. Unless something crazy happens, Kansas City will roll them over. But that, that's not necessarily guaranteed. So... I said the the Saints, the Rams, and the Chiefs are games they could lose. They're going to probably win one of the three games they could lose. So they're seven and nine throughout the rest of the season. I'm going to lose that bet, I think. And and it could be, despite the injuries they've had at wide receiver, Antonio Brown could very well be the reason why I lose that bet. How many shots will that be total? It'll be a total of 10 shots that I'm going to have to take. Yeah. <laughs> Down the alarm button right there. Well, I can't take 10 at once. That would be a chug. That would be a big chug. <laughs> I'm thinking I'll do, we talked about this too. I think we'll do like three before the show and then I'll schedule two during the show so that by the end of it, I'm completely tanked. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Just watch you collapse mid show. Anyway, that's not the point. We're not talking about that now. I might win that bet. I'm, on board. I'm not folding. I'm not giving up. I still believe what I said I believed because I have to believe it because I said I did. New England will win more games than Tampa Bay. I'll say it. Was that convincing? Did I say it convincingly? Yes. Good. Yeah. I didn't, though. Anyway, not the point. Antonio Brown to Tampa Bay is not the only change we have to talk about. The trade deadline is looming. It's next Monday, like the day before the election. Okay, is the actual biggest day of the year, and that's the NFL trade deadline, 11-3, November the 3rd. Carlos Dunlop's been traded to Seattle, and Everson Griffin's already is planning to join the Lions. With the deadline here, Corey, help me through this. There are some other teams that you pointed out and other players that have, that have had some interest and that may be on the block. Who are a couple that you're really watching? Uh, Stefan Gilmore's at the top of my list here. He's one of the only few on here that there really isn't like anything coming out from the team. It's all just speculation. Um, the only real evidence is that he has his house up for sale in Foxborough. Um, and it kind of would make sense for the Patriots to move on if they think the season's in the dump. Um, they can get some picks for him. Obviously, he's one of the best corners in the league. It sounds like he's kind of having an off year, but <clears throat> doesn't mean somebody can't make it work. So, um, very interesting. I, are there any teams out there you guys might like to see him land? Yeah, I, I was going to mention 
San Francisco. I mean, a team that went to the Super Bowl last year and are trying to get to the Super Bowl again. They've had some injury issues. Obviously, Richard Sherman is out, but that's a that's a stellar defense that has had a lot of injury issues. But I could see them trading first upon Gilmore for sure. Zach Ertz has also been rumored to be on the block. Um, rumor is there's been a couple teams that have made trade offers. I feel like this has kind of been buzz all year, especially with kind of the rise of Goddard, even though he's hurt right now. Uh, but Zach Ertz is kind of one of those tight ends towards the end of his prime, a lot of people think, but he's still a good athletic big target for a uh, maybe an offense who just needs an ep- extra weapon. Um, any teams you guys like here? You know, there's there's several teams out there that could use the services of Zach Ertz. To the Eagle, the Eagles are not just they're just not utilizing him right. I, I feel like he can't be over the hill at this age. I mean, over the hill at tight end, you're going to be in your mid thirties. But I, I feel like he's just too young to have these kind of stats with a mostly healthy season at this point. Corey, who do you think? I mean. You put on here that two teams made offers. I mean, do, do we know who the teams are, or do you have a, like a favorite of who you think Zach Ertz might go to? I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I don't like the Colts because it it is kind of a packed tight end room. I know there's some injuries right now, but they've got Jack Doyle, Mo Ali Cox has come on, and Trey Burton's played well. So I don't think I don't see the Colts spending the money there when they're about to have all those guys back. They just had a buy. Um, I'm just teams that need weapons, I guess, like maybe, well, the jets are too low. I don't know what teams need weapons. Uh, I, I honestly, I'm thinking the Bengals because they lost CJ Uzama and he was more of a receiving tight end than a blocking tight end. And they drafted drew sample in the second round because he was so good at blocking, but he's kind of just just by process of elimination, become their all-around tight end. But I think they just have the need. I know Tyler Boyd's been great. I know A.J. Green has put up some good stats. But I think if you put Zacherts on that team and surround um, Joe Burrow with you know another blocker on that offensive line, but also another receiving option, I think if you're Cincinnati, I think if you'd be going for Zacherts, if you can get him somewhat cheap. Cincinnati makes sense. I, I because it would be fun. I would love to see Seattle trade for Zach Ertz. I think that would be a really that would be a bunch of fun. I don't know that. Yeah. He, I don't know as That's far as spot. as far as a fantasy perspective. I don't know that it would be like the, the best situation. But for real life football, I mean to have to have Zach Ertz in that offense. I think that would be just a lot of fun. As an absolute safety net. For Russell Wilson when he doesn't want to dump it back behind the line of scrimmage when he doesn't feel like it's safe to scramble I mean just just to have a guy there that could make a big play off a short dump off I mean I love the that idea I don't know if it makes sense I don't know if that's possible but if Seattle acquired Zach Ertz, that's a play that I think makes him to a Super Bowl Oop. <laughs> you just said Super Bowl in the same sense as Seattle. Did you just bleep yourself? I bleep myself. I, I didn't. I didn't mean to, but I did bleep myself. <laughs> All right, Corey, who else have you heard is on the trade block? 
Uh, they're saying Tack McKinley on the Falcons says they're saying the Falcons have been in trade talks. He's actually sitting out the game on Thursday. Now tax a probably lesser known name, especially comparatively to the guys we just talked about, but he was the number 26 overall pick a few years back by the Falcons, uh, obviously looking for pass rush. And it just sounds like he hasn't worked out, but it's a, I think it's a smart time to move him. He's still on his rookie contract. He was a first round pick. Um, and I guess I'd have to look more into the scheme, but I know that like the Colts, if they had an extra pass rusher, would be great. Um, and I know there's some contender teams out there that need a little bit of a pass rush, like the uh, Seahawks, and they just acquired Dunlap. So um, any any ideas here? I mean, I'm... I mean, I'm still thinking about how much fun it would be if Zach Ertz was on Seattle. So, no, I have no oh, thoughts about this. I can't stop. I can't stop. <laughs> I can't stop. I, you know, I think it's interesting that Zach McKinley is sitting out on Thursday. I mean, is that due to injury or is that just due to him being on the trade block? I mean, it, normally when that like, happens, the player is leaving. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's like in the NBA when you see guys sitting out and there's been trade rumors. Heck, a player last year in the NBA got – told in the middle of the game so yeah i think that's yeah for sure happening did you guys hear those drums did you guys hear that i thought i heard drums like like a constant drum beat like a steady slow oh i do hear it do you hear it i do hear it i don't know oh oh i definitely hear it oh yeah wait (laughs) wait where'd it go Oh, yeah. That is Daniel's Daily Dingleberries. Daniel's Daily Dingleberries is the name we're using for Daniel's Daily Fantasy lineups. And he wrote down Daniel's Daily Doozies, but I'm not doing that. Because for like two hours, we talked about it being Daniel's Daily Dingleberries. And if you don't know what a dingleberry is, look it up on Urban Dictionary. I'm not telling you. Anyway. It is not edible. Daniel... Tell me about your dingleberries. Tell me about the whole segment. It's a brand new thing that's never happened before. Fill us in and tell us what's happening. So, brand new segment. It's all about daily fantasy. So, if you guys haven't played fantasy football, you know, there's a whole other division of fantasy football called daily fantasy. And what that is, is you don't draft your team that you keep all year. You get to pick players that you can play every single week. What? And it's based on a... Yeah. Every week? On a budget. But wait. Every week. But wait, wait, wait. Thank you. But wait, wait. What if last year, what if last week I had Allen Robinson and he got a concussion? What happens? Oh, my God. You don't even have to even acknowledge Allen Robinson. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, 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 the- wait. What happens if last week I had Chris Godwin <clears throat> and he broke his finger? Thank you for this infomercial introduction. but. What I'm going to dive into here is... Do you want me, you want me to stop? Out your Am I supposed daily- to shut up now? Is that what you want? <laughs> You're good. Uh, daily fantasy lineups. So you could pick a lineup any week, any player, any matchup, and you just have to stay within a budget. And usually that budget is $50,000. And each player is designated a dollar amount. And you basically have to just complete a whole lineup usually one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receiver, a tight end flex and defense of $50,000. So I'm going to go through a couple of values that I have found for this week's matchups. 
And then I'm also going to kind of drop what I think um, my daily lineup should be. But I'm going to start with the QB position. Obviously, there's QBs that are more expensive than this and that should score more than this. But you honestly never know with daily fantasy. It's kind of just one of those one of those lineups that you choose that guys that are boom or bust that you think might boom this week. So I'm going to go with Derek Carr at quarterback. So he gets Henry Ruggs back. You know, a couple weeks ago, he had Henry Ruggs back. Um, Brian Edwards has his first practice since week three. That's huge. So he gets Edwards, Ruggs, and he has a healthy Josh Jacobs. You know, after that bye week, they sat him. He was kind of injured. They're playing the Cleveland Browns. The Browns have the 29th defense against quarterbacks, fantasy-wise. And the Cleveland Browns last week just gave up 406 yards and three touchdowns to Joe Burrow. So I think with a full healthy slate of lineup for Derek Carr, that Derek Carr is going to have a good week. I believe in Derek Carr. I don't think he's a bad quarterback at all. I think when he has a lot around him, he's got it going on. So Derek Carr is my fantasy daily quarterback this week. I'm going to kind of hit some highlights along the way. <laughs> I'm going to kind of hit some highlights along the way, just position, and then I'm going to list off my my lineup for the week. Because kind of one of the strategies I take is kind of taking values in each position, but then take the studs in each position too. So, um, sneak peek, I've got Devontae Adams and George Kittle in my lineup this week with this lineup. But my next up is Jamichael Hasty at running back. He's only $5,000. By the way, Derek Carr is 5500 You know, that's a lot compared to like a Patrick Mahomes that's up in the $7,000 range. But Jamichael Hasty, $5,000. He went nine for 57 with 6.3 yards per carry last week. And Jeff Wilson, who dominated the backfield last week, is out. He got hurt. McKinnon is a question mark here, but Coach Kyle Shanahan claims that he was resting McKinnon. It doesn't make any sense to me last week, but I, I, I don't get it. But Chase Edmonds went 5 for 57 on the ground and then 7 for 87 receiving yards against this defense this week. But Jamichael AC, he's an all-around skill set. He should be primed and ready. Plug him in your lineup. Wide receiver-wise, I'm going to go wait a minute. Henry Wait, 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 wait. I want to, I want to ask you some yes. questions about Michael Hasty. Yeah. Carlos Hyde is 5300 That's $300 more. And LaMichael P. Ryan is $4,300. So that's $700 less. Why did you pass up both of those guys for Hasty? Simple with LaMichael P. Ryan. He's on the Jets. Okay, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to boat face the Jets. LaMichael P. Ryan is not the pass-catching back in New York. And I think New York just will not be able to keep up with Kansas City. The first time Kansas City gets the ball, they're going to score a touchdown. And then the next time they get the ball, they're going to score a touchdown. And all of a sudden, the Jets are going to just be passing the entire game. And LaMichael P. Ryan's stats will not be able to keep up with the Chiefs. I mean, if this was a low-scoring game, I, I would be more on board with the Michael Pirine, but the Jets are just going to get boat raced by the Chiefs. Would you um, do Hyde? Yeah, Hyde for 300 more? Is that out of the question? 
I got hurt last week. Okay, that's the thing. So it's kind of a little scary. I, I like Kansas City, um, Kansas City being the Jets, but I, I don't know. I, I think I like San Francisco's offense a little bit more with their rushing attack than than Seattle. I think Russell Wilson is just so good that they're going to try and handle this week mostly through the air. Um, so in the same matchup, the Seattle Seahawks are playing the San Francisco 49ers. So I think the Seattle defensive line is weaker than the 49ers defensive line, even without Nick Bosa, even without, even without Solomon Thomas. I think the San Francisco 49ers defense, defensive line is stronger than the Seattle defensive line. So I'm going to take Michael Hasty over Carlos Hyde in that same matchup all day. Um, Kyle Shanahan is just a great coach and not saying anything bad about Pete Carroll, but I think the running back for the San Francisco 49ers is going to be better than the running back for the Seattle Seahawks if you're talking about the third string running back. I'm going to move on to the wide receiver, who I think it might be the best value of the week, um, Henry Ruggs. I love the Derek Carr-Henry Ruggs back this week with the Cleveland Browns. I know Denzel Ward is very, very good corner, but Henry Ruggs is just so incredibly fast. Cleveland is 29th against wide receivers, and he had two receptions. This is Henry Ruggs two games ago. What The first game he came back, two receptions for 118 yards, two catches, 118 yards and a touchdown. This is exactly what you want to plug into your daily fantasy lineup. And this is against Kansas City. Okay, two catches for 118 yards and a touchdown against Kansas City, who's a way better defense than the Cleveland Browns. And I think Derek Carr is going to have a day against Cleveland because I honestly think this game is going to hit the over. And I think Cleveland and Oakland are going to have a great game here. It's going to be high scoring. I think I want to. I want the quarterback and the number one option here for Derek Carr going deep in this daily fantasy lineup. Moving on to tight end, Jonu Smith is my tight end of the week. By the way, Henry Ruggs, 4,900. Jonu Smith, 4,100. Jonu Smith is the number four tight end of the week of the year. Number four tight end on the year. Oakland is 32nd against tight end. Did you hear that? Last. Dead last. I cannot believe Johnny Smith is this cheap. 4,100. And Oakland is dead last against tight end. Two weeks ago, Anthony Ferkser, when Johnny Smith went out with an injury, eight catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. And this was a competitive matchup. Okay? Cincinnati. Who they, who they played last week is 21st against both running backs and wide receivers. Oakland is 32nd. Johnny Smith, 4,100. Easy Johnny Smith action for me here. And then the defense, I would honestly just go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I know it's the number one defense on the week, but the difference between the number one and the number two and the number three and the number four defense is like 300 bucks. So the Kansas City defense is only 4,500, but they're playing the Jets. Okay, that's that's the only note I need, the Jets. Okay, so Kansas City is my defense. Rounding out my whole roster here on my daily fantasy, and I've already put this bet in, by the way. Derek Carr, 
and Michael Hasty. I actually like Le'Veon Bell this week. Kansas City going up against, you got it, the New York Jets, Le'Veon Bell's last home. I think they're going to just, you know, run away with the game, and Le'Veon Bell is going to come in, get some cleanup work, and going to want to prove something. Put him in your lineup. Henry Ruggs, T. Higgins for the Cincinnati Bengals has been on fire. He's only 4,900. Anybody less than 5,000 is just, if they're good, throw them in your lineup. T. Higgins has been on fire for the Bengals. And then what I talked about with Devontae Adams and George Kittle, Devontae Adams is 8,800 and George Kittle is 7,000. They're both able to be in my lineup because of these cheap other options. So Johnny Smith and Kansas City Chiefs, along with Devontae Adams and George Kittle, round out my DraftKings daily fantasy Daniels daily doozies or dingleberries. Just, hey, just to clarify, I think Daniel said I could have misheard that Higgins was under 5,000. He's actually at 5,600, just to clarify in case you can't find him under 5,000. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I think I was looking at Henry Ruggs there. T. Higgins is 5,600. Henry Ruggs is 4,900. So, yeah. Would you, Corey, would you bet that Daniel's Daily, God, that's hard to say. Daniel's Daily Dingleberries is a winning team or a losing team? What would you I would bet, bet that the uh, doozies are a winning team. Uh, <laughs> sounds, sounds like a uh, slam dunk there. Anyways, best bets of the week. We're back. It's week eight now. On the season, we're 15, 11, and 2. We're heading in the right direction. 3 and 1 last week. Um, going to your betting apps, I know I talk about not parlaying them, uh, my four picks, but there's a round robin you can get in a lot of your betting apps, and it'll it'll do uh, different parlays with all the different combinations of teams. So you get the singles, the doubles, the triples, and then the four-team parlay at the end. So it's a good way to uh, make a little extra cash if for some reason we don't hit all four. Um, three out of four is usually pretty good for that. Uh, but on to this week, uh, four games. Again, I'm going all the way teams. I think it's just the way they make those spreads look. Um, but I, I do like them. has worked out. I've got the Raiders plus two and a half at the Browns. The Raiders, I mean, just for all the reasons Daniel said, I think they can have a big day here. I think they're one of the teams where the record's not so good. Um, they've, got, they've got some losses on there, maybe games they should have won. But I still think they're one of the better teams that aren't really on the radar yet. And like you said, the Browns defense is just um, pretty pitiful. And I, I like uh, Gruden and Carr here over Mayfield and the new coach. So I think Raiders will pull that out. I've got the Rams minus three and a half at the Dolphins. Rams are one of my favorite teams right now. The Dolphins are starting Tua for the first time this week. As much as I would like that to go well, Tua is my guy. I... I would plan on it not going well just to be safe here. And the Rams have a good solid pass rush. Might put them under pressure. You might throw some picks. Um, and they can put up points. So Rams minus three and a half at the Dolphins. I've got the Patriots plus three and a half at the Bills. The Patriots looked horrible last week. Cam Newton looked horrible. Uh, but it is a division game. I expect this game to be close. The Bills did not look good last week in their win against the Jets. They struggled to put up points. Um, I think this could be a low-scoring clash here. I'm going to take um, the rebound here for Cam and Bill, though. I think they're going to pull this one out. Last one, I got Saints minus four at the Bears. Bears are five and two now. They dropped down the rankings after losing to the Cardinals. Uh, I still think they're not a contender here. I think their record's just a product of um, just an easy schedule so far. But the Saints, they're also looking to rebound. They've 
I think we've talked about the receiving core has been down. They've just looked kind of rough, but Kamara's looked good. I think the Saints just have the offense to overwhelm the Bears here and cover that spread. They are the favorites. Minus four at the Bears. Lock them in. Lock them in. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Three.